0: Back up. We are in week seven of our peace and purpose series um, to do a quick drive by. We have been talking about the fact that we all as the peace as people are looking for peace and purpose in our lives. Um, we are, um, you know, people that are longing to fill the, the, the deep longings of our souls. Um, and so we go around looking for these false Christs, these false chosen ones who are meant to show us the way to peace, show us the way to purpose. Um, and so what we said in the very beginning of the series is that we wanted to take a look, a, a big grand scale look at who God is and what his agenda is and what he's up to as the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. He is the arbiter. And the, the, the creator and the designer of the peace and purpose that we're looking for, he actually has designed us to have a pit so deep in our hearts that only eternity can fill it. Um, that there's nothing in this world that's ever going to satisfy us the way that God does. Um, there's no one who's ever going to be able to give us the peace and the purpose that we're looking for the way that God can um, we are some glory thieves. And so we still, you know, even knowing that God is the one who's going to bring it to us. We're still trying to do it ourselves <clears throat> and trying to do it ourselves renders us guilty of um, being glory thieves and in need of um, in need of a savior to ransom us from the wages of sin. Um, anytime that we turn away from God and try to do our own thing, that is sin. And that has been the, the, the curse of man since Adam and Eve. Um, Christ built the bridge between us and God by descending into hell and defeating death, um, the spiritual death that we all deserve, and then credited His righteousness to us. That if we repent and believe in Him, we can have eternal life and eternal peace and eternal purpose. Um, and so, Christ became the bridge bridge for us to go through um, the process of salvation and sanctification. Last week, we talked about the fact that salvation is free to all who believe. And once you are saved, you are in the kingdom. Sanctification then comes along and is the ongoing work of us becoming more and more like Christ every single day, Um, that we will never be perfect until Jesus comes back. But we are already counted as perfect, counted as righteous because Christ credited his righteousness to us. And so we are able to walk this world (laughs) guilt free but not so that we can just go about sinning all day, but we live in such a way to where God is patterning our lives after him, not giving us the heart of flesh, the heart that loves him, the heart that desires him, a heart that seeks to please him. It gives us the space to walk this, um, to walk this world and be able to live out our faith from one degree of glory to the next. And so because of that, um, That gives us, again, a a righteousness that is not of our own, that no man can boast. And yet with confidence, we walk this world knowing that even if we make mistakes along the way, Christ has um, forgiven us of every sin that we will commit. And in doing so, allows us to be molded and shaped to be more and more like him every single day. Now, having said all of that, Matthew chapter six, chapter 16, verses 24 through 29 are going to tell us something that is going to be, that is going to pierce our hearts in such a way that will help us to understand the seriousness of the nature of the relationship that we have with God. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Mm -hmm. Chapter 16, starting with verse 24. And I said 28 is that. Yeah, so it's only Matthew 24, 28, not 29. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself Truly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he loves us and he wants a relationship with us. The good news of the gospel is that peace and purpose have come. The good news of the gospel is that the kingdom is near. He said it in his word, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The good news of the gospel is that your eternal God, the creator of heaven and earth, has come and and has offered your offered us the ability to be able to walk with him, to be able to be in relationship with him. The creator God of the universe wants a personal relationship with every one of us. The good news of the gospel is that our sins have been forgiven us. Every transgression, every evil, every thought that was wrong, every everything that we do that is contrary to the will of God, Christ has forgiven us by his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and future return. The good news of the gospel is that we can be one with God. We can abide in him. We can live with him. The good news of the gospel is that God is with us by virtue of the Holy Spirit living in us upon repentance and belief. The good news of the gospel is that salvation is free. You don't have to work to get into the kingdom. Your works will not get you in. You you don't have to muster up the strength and the energy and the power to become Good enough to get into the kingdom. The good news of the gospel is that you don't have to earn your way in. You don't have to try to make God like you or make God not throw lightning bolts at you. You don't have to worry about whether or not God is going to strike you down for doing something wrong. The good news of the gospel is that someone stepped in and took your place. You were supposed to. I was supposed to die a spiritual death that no man can come back from. And Christ did that and came back from it. The good news of the gospel is that hell is simply reserved for those who don't want to walk with him, who don't want to follow him. And if we want to follow him, it is very easy that we just repent and believe that the initial repentance, though, though we still struggle with sin. The initial repentance is all that we need to get into the kingdom to push all of our chips in and say, God, I'm going to rock with you is the good. that That's all we have to do. The good news of the gospel is that Christ has come to redeem mankind, that Christ has come to redeem you. He has come to redeem me. The good news of the gospel is that we can be free, free to love, free to serve, free to worship, free to enjoy this life and to be in a space where we no longer have to fear death, hell, and the grave. That even, um, even Paul said it in his word, you know, oh death, where's your sting? I ain't scared of you, because if I die, guess where I get to be with? Jesus. So if to live is Christ, but to die is gain. If I'm here, I'm with the Lord. If I'm dead, I'm going to be with the Lord. So I don't have the death. Come on, death. I ain't worried. You're going to chop my head off? Okay, whatever. I don't care. I get to be with the Lord. I don't care. That's the good news of the gospel. Good news of the gospel. And yet, there is some fine print. Because to be in a relationship with God is to be given the heart of God. And when we're given the heart of God, God is molding us and shaping us into the image of Christ, which means that we have to love what God loves and hate what God hates. And therein lies the rub with a lot of people. And the gripes and the grievances that they have against God. Because while they don't want hell, and while they don't want punishment, and while they don't want hurt, and while they don't want pain, there are a lot of people who don't want what God wants. There are a lot of people who don't hate what God hates. There are a lot of people who don't love what God loves. They want God and they want relationship and they want blessing and they want the penalty of hell wiped away. They want their slate wiped clean, but they don't want what God wants. They don't want what God, they don't love what God loves. They don't hate what God hates. And As a result, there are some people who think that they're going to get into the kingdom, but their hearts have not been transformed in such a way to where They are patterning their lives after the image of Christ. And as a result, there are some people who are looking at us as Christians today and wondering what is so different from us than half of the other religions in the world, than half of our gangs in the world, than half of our jobs in the world. What's so different about Christianity compared to everything else going on in the world? Because We say we love God, but do we truly love him in so much that we are patterning our lives after God and godliness? One of the issues that we have um, as Christians, um, and Tim Ross, I'm I'm ripping it straight from Tim Ross. I I watched the video and I copied him word for word. This is not me speaking. One of the biggest issues that we have in our world is that we want Christ to be our savior, but we don't want him to be our Lord. We want him to be our savior, but we don't want him to be our Lord. Tim Ross said it like this, in the same way Christ died for you, you now have to die for him. You have to die to your will. You have to die to your way. You have to die to your desires you have to die to your agenda. And because this is a king and not a presidential candidate, we cannot rewrite the constitution. See, the problem with us as Christians is that we want an a la carte God. We wanna pick and choose what parts of the scriptures we want to follow. We wanna pick and choose which parts of Jesus fit our agenda, fit our narrative. Fit the way that we want to live. And so when we go through scriptures and again, we don't want to go to hell and we don't want punishment and we want the blessings of life and we want to live an abundant life and all this stuff, we pick and choose the pieces of Christ that make the most sense to us. We pick the parts of Christ that allow me to be the person that I want to be and have him too. The problem with that is though, that we cannot continue to live the type of life that we want to live and expect God to not come after the gods. We cannot live the life that we want to live and think that if we're going to walk with God, he's just going to leave us alone. No, God is constantly knocking at the door of our hearts and saying, I see stuff in here that ain't like me. And so I need to pull this stuff out of you And I need to show it to you and show you how it doesn't line up with scripture. It doesn't line up with my word. It doesn't line up with me. And then I got to pose a question to you. How bad do you want me? Because a lot of times what we as Christians do is we say, God, thank you for saving me. But leave that alone. God, thank you for redeeming me. But don't look over there. God, thank you for ransoming my heart, but that piece of heart over there, leave that alone. I still want that. I still need that. I still crave that. I still desire that. And as a result, God, in his His love for us, whips out some swords or whips out some surgical knives, however, whatever metaphor you want to use, and says, I got to kill that. I got to get that. I got to come after that. And for a lot of us, there's a frustration that comes with that because what God is saying is, You shall have no other gods before me. And what we want to do, if we really think about it, if we really sit down with our hearts and think about it, is we want God in addition to the other gods. We don't want God before our gods. We want God in addition to, we want to put God on the same level, put God on the same space, on the same playing field as all the other gods that we're worshiping. And when God is, what God is saying to us today is, if you do not deny yourself, you cannot be my disciple. So what are we talking about in today's time? And I'm probably going to get canceled by saying a whole lot of stuff I'm about to say. But the fact of the matter is I cannot say that I love God and then not love what he loves and hate what he hates. So let's so let's talk about it for a second. Right. The biggest issue that we have in our world in our world today is the hyper hypersexual sexual sexual sexualization of our world we have made sex and sexuality such a big deal in our lives that it supersedes almost everything else we've turned it into an identity now where i am defined by my sexual preference i'm defined by my sexual activity i'm defined by what i want sex what i want sex to be for me we want god but i want sex the way that i want sex what god tells us is if you want me then you have to look at how and why I design sexuality and then decide for yourself, are you going to follow me? Because in order to have me, then I've got to mold and shape you into my image to then show the world this is how I want things done. You're no longer your own. You're bought with a price. And with that price, you are now an ambassador of Christ. An ambassador of God, so your sexuality is not yours. It's God's, and it's God's for us to enjoy, but also to pattern what God's agenda is, not ours. When we talk about our jobs, we identify ourselves by the money that we make, we identify ourselves by the titles that we hold. We identify ourselves by the, um, by, by the by the you know the the ladders that we climb. And now more than ever, all everyone's talking about go secure that bag, go secure that bag, go secure that bag. And so what God then says is, what is it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So you can go get the money. That's all well and good. But if you define yourself by your worth. You define yourself by money instead of defining yourself by me. Then, when the money fails you, because it will, you'll never have enough. When the trinkets and toys that you bought fail you, because they, you'll never have enough. When the houses that you buy are no are are, are all dirty and dilapidated and they need repair, this six ways to Sunday. Because microwaves break at, at some point. God's saying you wanted the money so badly but you, but you say you want me too, And so which one is it? When we talk about, you know, wanting to, you know, have a good time and wanting to, you know, gallivant and do everything that we want to do. We want to go to church on Sunday, but then we want to, put um, drugs in our system to numb, or to numb ourselves of the pain and the frustration and everything that we got going on in our lives. We want to drink ourselves senseless until we have no brain cells left within us doing anything and everything. And God says, do not be given into drunkenness. Do not put yourself in a position where you're losing your mind. Always be sober minded. He's saying, you put these things over me, but you say that you want me to." You say you want me, but you, here it is, you're still keeping yourself, patterning yourself after the things of this world. On repeat, we see a, 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 um, an ethic that God is trying to pattern us after. He's trying to mold and shape us because he wants us to look more like him, to be his ambassadors, to be his disciples. When we look in um, Ezekiel chapter 36, we see the reason why he wants us to look more like him um, in everything that we in everything that we um, say and do. Ezekiel 36. Verse 38. Like the flock for sacrifices, like the flock at Jerusalem during her appointed feast, so shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of people. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Verse 36 says the same thing. Then the nations that are left all around you shall know that I am the Lord. In verse 32 says, it is not for your sake that I will act, declares the Lord. Let that be known to you. All of these things that he does when he's molding and shaping us, gives us a heart to worship him and love him and desire him. He's doing these things not just for our sake, but he's doing it for his sake that people may know who he is. We are the living examples, the living testament, the living testimony of who God is in the world. When people look at us and see the lives that we live and see the way that God has molded and shaped us into being, He's saying, I want the world to see you as different, set apart, holy. It doesn't mean anything supernatural when we say the word holy. Holy simply means you are set apart, that there is something distinctively different about you, that, and, they want, and, they, and it's to make them grow curious about who you are. When Christ says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works, he's not talking about make yourself so big so that people can see you and see all of the, the grand tra- transformational things you do. No, he's saying, be me, be like me. Do let me allow me to shape you in such a way that where when people see you, they want to know why do you do what you do? Why are you the way that you are? And in order to do that, God's got to look at and to give us a, a glimpse of, not a glimpse because he sees it all, but show us what's in our hearts and show us, oh, these are what you're truly seeking after. These are the gods that are truly ruling your heart. Pull out some swords and let's go to war. When we talked last week about the fact that, you know, we have to seek God and then put to death, that is the ongoing ethic and the ongoing dynamic that we are going through from one day to the next. That God is constantly telling us, I'm, I, I see, I, I, I want you to put your face in my face. I want you to see me. I want you to love me. I want you to have a relationship with me. I want you to be there for me. But I also have got to put sin to death. You've got to actively put these things that are not like me to death every single day. Because as he's molding us and shaping us into his image, he's saying in order to be more like me, You have got to put these things to death, because these are the things that the world says. These are the things that the world says. This is what you should be. This is the way to peace. This is the way to purpose. This is the way to joy. This is the way to happiness. This is the way to ecstasy. This is the way to fun. All these things over here. These are the. These are the things. These are what's going to give you joy. These are the things that's going to give you happiness. And God is saying, No, I give you joy. I give you peace. I give you purpose. I give you happiness. I give you all of these things. When it says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added those things are the things that the world says if you get, what what, what are you going to wear today? What are you going to eat today? What are you going to, what are you going to post on your TikTok today? What are all these, what are these things that you're going to do? And we think that these things are going to bring us peace, joy, and satisfaction, but God is saying, no, seek me. I will give you peace. I will give you joy. I will give you Um, I will give you purpose, but in order to do that, when we're being sanctified from one degree of glory to the next, we are actively seeking those things that are above and putting sin to death at the same time. The things that are not of God, the things that are not like God, the things that make us less than who God wants us to be. And so we love God and we're going to war every single day. We love God and we go to war. We love God and we go to war every single day because we are patterning and we are being patterned and molded to look more like Christ from one degree of glory to the next. And this is the part that trips up a lot of people, Christian and non, because in order to do what you want to do, you're going to have to step over the cross. In order to do what you want to do, you're going to have to step over the cross. Christ himself said it. I am the way. I'm the way. There is no other way. So if you're going to do what you want to do, you're going to have to step over me. If you're going to do what you want to do, you're going to have to just, because at the end of the day, you already know. And in the world that we live in today, we got to call a spade a spade. There is no excuse because either we're gonna do what God has called us to do or we're gonna do what we wanna do. But one but there's too much information, there's too much technology, there's too much access to the word that we have in today's day and age to where you know we cannot, we we cannot have, we don't have an excuse. There's we just don't have an excuse anymore. There's too we have too much access. There's too much word. Bye. There's too much um there's too we got too much word, there's too much technology, there's too many TikTok videos, there's too many Instagram videos, there's too many preachers, too many pastors, too many books, too many audio books, you know, too many, um, too many podcasts. Like there's no excuse in the world anymore. Like we like I used to be able to say, well, you know, people just think, got no, there's too much access now in 2023 for us to be saying, I didn't know at this point. Because at the end of the day, there's we again, there's just too much access for us to not know what the, the difference between right and wrong. Furthermore, in Romans chapter 1, it tells us, no, not Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 2, the word, the, the, the law of the Lord is written on our hearts. To so where even if you don't have a walk with God, there's still an intrinsic, inherent right and wrong. That we know. We know when something's not right. We know when something's not 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 doing. It's just not. I My, um, my daughter loves watching, you know, these, you know, fem, I'm gonna call it feminist, even though I don't I, I kind of enjoy it too. So I'm not really, I'm not trying to bash them or anything like that. But these um feminist reimaginations of um you know movies and, and cartoons and things. Just finished watching Cinderella on, on Prime Video. Yesterday, and on it, you know, the whole Cinderella story got basically got revamped, where it was all about, you know, my wife, my daughter was saying, men are dumb, men are dumb, and women are, you know, and women are, you know, the ones that are in power, and it's like there's some truth to there's some truth to that, but the 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 the, the thing that you know stood out the most to me is that you know in the in the entire thing. They were basically trying to say we're, what is it I'm trying to say? There's this inherent knowledge of right and wrong. And though the, there it is, though the laws are the laws and the customs are the customs, deep within our hearts, we know something ain't right. This ain't right. And so we'll try to buck up against it. We'll try our hardest, but like uh, no, like, I, like, the, like, the boy was saying, I know I'm supposed to be king. I know I'm supposed to follow the traditions. I know I'm supposed to follow the codes, but something in my heart is saying this ain't right. The woman was saying, you know, I know I'm supposed to get married. I know I'm supposed to get, uh, that the man's supposed to take care of me, but I don't want to be taken care of. I, I just want to do my, I want to do my own thing. Though the traditions and customs say, if I'm going to be successful in this world, I gotta have this and I gotta do that. I still want to kind of do my own thing. Inherently and intrinsically, we know that there's something wrong, and yet we still sometimes will follow after and pattern ourselves after the thing that is in the world. We will still pattern ourselves that way. But so I'm saying all that to say, and I'm landing my plane. Um, we all intrinsically have the law of god written on our hearts we know we know this ain't right and in order for us especially as people who know who know of christ in order for us to keep doing what we know ain't right we got to step over jesus to get to it and that is why a lot of people can't rock with him because they realize that if i'm going to rock with jesus I've got to let some stuff go. I've got to be something that I've not. I've got to, you know, I've got to let, I've got to take this idol that I'm worshiping, my sexual identity, my my job title, my desire for money, my desire for power, my desire for relationship and to be in love, my desire to you know fill my belly, my desire to go on vacations, my desire to you gamble, my desire to do drugs, my desire to drink myself silly, my desire to have fun, my desire to sleep with whoever I want to sleep with. I got to give all those things up. I got to give these things up if I'm going to be more like Christ. And I don't want to do that because I think I know better than God. And I tell a lot of people all the time, that is part of the reason why a lot of people will not be able to get with this with, with this faith because they think they know better than God. They think they know better than him. They think that God is such to where we sit on his throne and we put him in our judgment. Just like he told Job, where were you? Where were you when all this was created? Where were you at? Have you descended into hell and come back out the grave? Like if you have, let us know so we can build a whole religion around you. But if you haven't, sit down somewhere. Is that at the end of the day, we think we know better than God, but God knows everything. And again, our our inherent problem and why reason why a lot of people can't get with this is because they think they know better than Him, and they want what they want, and are unwilling to let go of the idols that they worship, the things that they feel will bring them peace. And purpose. And so what God is saying to us today, as I get ready to take this on home, is that salvation is free. The good news of the gospel is that God loves you and he wants a relationship with you, but you cannot have Christ as savior and not have him as Lord. When God ransoms our hearts, he takes out our heart and places his heart within us. And we are being conformed to the image of Christ. We're no longer conformed to this world. We're being transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove what is that good and one, a wonderful, awesome, perfect will of God. We are the light that shines in the darkness. But that light is not our own. I, tell, I told y'all this the other day. A good person can do all the things that a Christian does. The fundamental difference is that the good stuff he does, he wants all the credit. But for us as the believers, we know this is all God. And we have a heart of God that allows us to do that. So again, I'm saying that, you know, we have to be conformed to God and not to this world. And God will show us from one degree of glory to the next. The things that are not like Him. For the believer, this this is what we signed up for. So, God, do what you got to do. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna be painful sometimes. but He gonna have to sometimes break our hands in order for us to let go of some stuff that we don't want to let go of, but we know to live as Christ, to die is gain. But for the unbeliever, this is my warning to you: If you say you want God and you say you want to believe in Him and you say that you want a relationship with Him, you must be born again. And in the birth and in the rebirth, you have to know you're going to have to let some stuff go. Because you cannot have God and serve something else. Jesus said to Himself, you cannot serve two masters. You can't. So you can't have a piece of God and then have a piece of something else you cannot pledge allegiance to god and then pledge allegiance to a whole another other it's just like us as 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 citizens of the united states i can't say that i'm a citizen of the united states and then turn around and say i'm a citizen of england it don't work like that i'm either one or the other if i were a suit if i were a spy i can't say that i'm serving my country but then serve somebody else that's called that's called being a traitor I ain't you either serve one or you serve any other. You can't serve both. In the same way, God is saying to us, You cannot serve me and serve anything else. I will have no other gods before me. I am coming for the gods. I am coming for your idols. I am coming for your trinkets. I am coming for your toys. I am coming for for your values, I am coming for your interest, I am coming for your agenda, and I'm coming guns blazing. The thing I love about God is that when he's going to war, he's going to war in love. He loves us so much that he will not allow us to continue serving the idols just willy-nilly. He's coming for the idols. He's coming for the gods, and he's saying he's letting us know, "I'm coming because I love you. I'm coming because I care about you. I'm coming because I know you. And if I let you continue down this path, the way that I let you, the way that you've been going down, then I would not be God. So you can fight with him if you want to." Because that is your decision in his permissive free will. Do what you want to do. But know that in order for you to do what you want to do, if you claim in Christ, in order for you to do what you want to do, you're going to have to step over the cross. Because at the end of the day, God is letting us know in his word that if you're going to be my disciple, you got to deny it all you got to deny yourself. I'm going to say this last thing. We are living in an age now where we, it's all about me. It's all about me. You see it in your preachings. You see it in pastorings. You see it in, in your sermons. You know, I wrote a whole host of things. Um, when it says, you know, we hear all these things about you know, all these things shall be added unto you. God has plans to prosper you and not harm you. Write the vision and make it plain. He will give you the desires of your heart. I press toward the mark. Eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. To him who is able to do exceedingly, above, it, above all we can ask or think, pour you out a blessing you won't have room enough to receive. Be honest with yourself. When you think about those verses, are you really thinking about God? Or are you thinking about yourself? Are you really thinking about God? I get more of you, or are you thinking about God, I get more of your stuff? We we we've centered our walk with God on us to where we have become so biblically illiterate, gospel illiterate, Christ illiterate, and rarely do you even hear a lot of your preachers now even talk about Jesus. In a significant way in your sermons, Christians barely talk about Jesus in their, in in a significant way in their daily walkings in this world. It's all about blessing. It's all about, you know, seeking more, having more, being more abundant in this life. I'm here today to tell you God is coming for those idols. He's coming for them. And again, in order for you to keep doing what you're doing, because it's not like God is right. It's not like people are wrong. If anybody going to bless you, it's going to be God. But if that's all that you think God is, God is saying today, in order for you to continue down that path, you will have to step over the cross to get there. And if you're not careful, not only will you get there, but God will lock you there. To where even when you know that this ain't it and you want a difference, God will lock you in to where you can't even have a difference. So that's my warning to us today. Peace and purpose are at the feet of Jesus. And in order to have Jesus, you must be sanctified and made more like him every single day. To be more like him, some things are going to have to burn off. Some things are going to have to be chiseled off. And God is saying to us today, I will not have another God before me. So what are you going to do with the gods that are warring with your heart? Are you going to nurse them to health? Or are you going to get the guns, put some bullets in them? just the a choice at the end of the day is yours. Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. God, you know our hearts. You know what reigns in them. And you know what we have a tendency of making more, making more like you, more, more than you, more than you. And so God, we're asking today, search us. Search us. See if there's anything that's not like you. And if there is, Lord, In your powerful way, in your powerful hands, Lord God, make it so where these things come to light, are are dragged into the light and we get the guns and we get the swords and we get the batons and whatever we got to do. And we put these things to death because these things are not of you. These things are not like you. And we are declaring today that we want to be more like you every day. We we want nothing more than just to know you and to be more like you, and as you are patterning us and molding us and shaping us and conforming us into your precious image from one degree of glory to the next, we're asking God every single day, search us, God, for the things that are not like you. We want to be more like you, and so even though it may hurt to let some of these things go, we're asking God destroy them. Beat them down, tear them out, because at the end of the day, all that will do for us is make more room for you. And that's what we want. We want more of you, more, more, more of your love, more of your grace, more of your peace, more more of your joy, more of your purpose, more of your destiny, more of everything that you have uh, for us. Lord God, we're asking for you to fill us up more and more every single day. Fill us up so much so, God, that there's no room or anything else, that the overflow that comes out of us, Lord God, is one of such that nothing else can get in. We want an overflow of your peace, an overflow of your love, overflow of your joy, overflow of your or, of your of your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, your forgiveness, Lord God. We want more of your spirit each and every day. So God, fill us, fill us in a way to where nothing else can get in, God. And even if there's a little crack or crevice, Lord God, we ask for the living water to get in there, get in there. We want every single drop, Lord God. And so we're asking and praying on today, Lord, if there's someone out there that doesn't believe in you, and upon hearing this word, there's a a gnawing going on in their heart, that law that's written inside of them that's intrinsically saying, "You, you, you know, you know that I need to get in there that longing of the soul that's just been empty for years, Lord God, we're asking that you get in that space right now. Fill that heart up right now, Lord God. Give them the eternal peace and purpose that you promised us by virtue of your death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and future return. Lord God, you paved the way when you descended into hell and defeated hell for us. So we're asking, Lord God, for those who do not believe in you, for those who are struggling with their faith, Lord God, that you just rush in right now and fill their hearts in such a way that where they can grow to love you, they can grow to serve you, they can grow to bless you, they can grow to honor you, they can grow to see the beauty that is God in all of his righteousness and splendor. And Lord God, we'll be so careful to give your name all praise, glory, and honor because you deserve that and so much more. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.